0: the note is just gush about the fan art i just
1: when someone takes the time to draw something because of something i've written or said i don't think i am more humbled as an author than i am at moments like that because i love the idea that creativity is sparks creativity that's that's something wonderful and it's a shared experience yes it's my words and i wrote the story it comes from my head but it inspires people to do their own whatever whether it be a story whether it be drawing whether it be any other form of of fan appreciation and the art is just tremendous it is absolutely tremendous i i I, the level of talent just blows me away and i mean you have you have people who are not by their own, by their own sayings, not professional artists drawing just the craziest stuff that, that, that I think only makes my stories better. And I am truly, truly in love with the people that do stuff like that because it, I cannot draw for the life of me. That's I, I don't I have never ever had that talent. So when people make something like that, whether it be hand drawn, digital, anything, it's just it's crazy, and I, I love them to pieces for it. Welcome to the
0: Clunetics podcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Last week we explored fan fiction, people inspired by T.J. Clune's words, writing their own Cluniverse stories. This week, it's still about people inspired by TJ Kloon's words, but this time they're creating other works of art. So, first, I needed to figure out what fan art is called. Just like the last time Sita wrote an episode, she would like to highlight a moment in which I seem silly for asking what may seem obvious to someone else. But I did. And maybe someone else out there was wondering the same thing. So here we go.
2: Hello, my name is Mariana and I am from Mexico. Hi, my name's Timber and I'm from Montana.
0: So let's talk about fan art. Okay. Is there another name for it? Or is like what do you guys call the work that you do that's sort of in tribute to the reading that you do in the movies that you like and that sort of thing?
2: Just fan art. Okay. Basically. Uh, I call it fan art.
0: I will now read verbatim, the line that Sita wrote for me. So now that we've established that fan art is also called fan art, let's move on.
3: Hi, I'm Mari and I'm from Spain.
0: So, what is fan art to you?
3: A way to express how much you love a story and the characters especially. You have this all this love for the characters and the story and you don't know what to do with it, so just draw it.
4: It's taking someone else's art and creating fan works of it it's yeah it's pretty much
5: it. Hi my name is Angelica Rivera also known as Angie River on Facebook and I live in Edmonton Alberta Canada. To me fan art is an expression of love towards a medium. That's kind of
6: simple in simple terms.
0: Here's producer Susanna who we met in episode 8 really driving Sita's point home.
6: If you have taken made something from nothing, that's art. So why wouldn't it be fan art? You're a fan, you're making art, that's fan art.
0: And now we have to talk about that guy again. The one that inspires such amazing and beautiful pieces of art.
7: Hi, my name is Leo. I'm an artist from Germany.
0: Do you you think his work translates well to being made into artwork?
7: I think some does really well. I mean, I haven't read all of his books, so I can't tell for every book. But most of the time he has very detailed descriptions of where the characters are, but not oh, I think he doesn't actually say what they're wearing most of the time. But it's not that important.
4: And that's the characters. The way TJ. Klune writes characters is just amazing. <laughs> I love everyone he writes. like even his terrible, terrible characters I, like there's a Tina, she's awful and a hater but I can't say that I haven't drawn her before because she's lovely at the same time. Like, his
2: characters just are so attractive and I just want to be around them more and more. I fell in love with the writing almost right away because I've never read anything like that before. I used to read a lot of young adult, and I was kind of getting tired of just in general, the themes and the way the narrations and everything. and I think it's one of the first proper adult books I've read and the tone just felt so different and it felt, it felt more serious and I liked it, but it wasn't so serious that I couldn't get into it and enjoy it because I, I, I quite like humor. So it was like the perfect balance and I really enjoyed it like so much. Hi, I'm Lisa
8: Hughes. I live in Windlesham, which is a small village about 20 miles outside of London in the UK.
0: What do you think it is about TJ's work that inspires so much other art?
8: It's the way he writes. His descriptions are so vivid, they're not overblown and floral at all. They are but so beautifully drawn that I see it in my head as a fully formed piece of art. I can't necessarily execute it, but I can see it. and. One, you know, I have an image in my head that I've had the whole time. A minimised version of it found its way onto the board game, but I have this image in my head of Nate watching Alex and Artemis, Darth Vader, skimming rocks from Bones. And I have to, I'm going to have to paint it. I'm learning to do acrylics just so I can paint the damn thing because I think it needs to be in acrylics. Just
3: because people love it, you know, they connect with the characters, they connect with the story, and sometimes you just can't stop thinking about it, and you have an um, image pop in your head of a certain scene or something, and
7: you have, you're like, I have to draw this. Like, the most important is for me to have an emotional impact. Like, I remember the first drawing I did for Wolf Song was the one where Ox and Gordon talk, and they cry in his shop. I don't know why, but it was like, Gordo asking if he's still Fox's friend, and that just got to me so much, I had to cry so hard, and I think, I listened to it, yeah, I listened to the book, so it was your narration. You're welcome. And the way you said it was like, oh my gosh, I can't walk away from this. This was a scene where I stopped listening and had to draw it, so yeah.
0: Well, I'll take a tiny bit of credit, but mostly it's TJ's words. He does such good work. Um, <laughs>
7: narration adds to it though.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. yeah, I guess I part of me wonders, because we do see a lot of artwork for the Green Creek series, and we see a lot of artwork for Varania. Yeah. If it's just because those are like they're so cinematic in the way the stories yeah. are told, if it lends itself to being more of a visual medium,
7: Maybe. But I think it's also because like werewolves and fantasy stuff is just a thing a lot of fandom exists around. So there's already a lot of people who like this stuff who just, I don't know, stick to it.
0: Is it just TJ or have you done this for other things as well?
7: Technically, I have done it for other
5: things, but I haven't really posted them. So TJ would technically be my first one that I've actually publicly posted fan art for.
8: When I started to do fan art, and really, my fan art really took off in January 2019 because Lynn asked me, she decided, she and Shannon had decided they wanted to do like a Candyland, but a Clunatic version called Cluniverse. And Lynn had seen the chemo doodles that I'd been doing and asked me if I would draw the board. And she since told me she did that because she thought my doodles were cute, but she wanted to help me. She wanted to do something to give me something to do.
2: And it worked out really, really
8: well, actually.
2: I don't remember what my first fan art was about. I think maybe Pokemon. But yeah, maybe some anime that I used to watch that I would draw the characters and try to copy the style at first. And then later on, I tried to develop my own style instead of just copying the the one that I saw
4: on the TV. Uh, I've definitely been doing fan art for a while. Uh, I, I would say I didn't know really what it was until I was in college, which is a weird thing to say, but like I, I drew Pikachu, which is kind of fan art, right? Yeah. But in college, I really got into Red versus Blue, and I obsessively did fan art for that internet web series for a long time.
7: Yes, uh, I started when I was like in first grade, because I saw somebody else on the schoolyard draw and they had a crowd around them, just watching them draw, and I was like, I want that. So I started drawing Sailor Moon, because I was super into Sailor Moon then, (laughs) and I've never stopped since. Just characters that I
3: create for stories, because I want to write books in the future too. So I just (laughs) draw the characters, some characters too, with friends, and that's what I draw usually.
0: A common theme that is very apparent is that Clunatics are big art enthusiasts. And that enthusiasm bolsters confidence and gets the artists posting their talent. So what was it about TJ's work that made you want to, first of all, do it, but then second of all, share it?
5: Honestly, I feel like it was the other artists in the group. They were so open with their art and they were so proud of what they did. And I was just like, you know what? Why not?
8: Let's just do it. But Leo really inspired me and they were really supportive and have continued to be really supportive. It's a very supportive community. I know some people have in, in other communities that I'm aware of, people are very competitive, but it's not like that here at all. If you if you have a look, everybody supports everybody. And everybody wants everybody to do well because somebody else's art being wonderful isn't going to take away from yours. You know, we all have our own stars, we all do different things. We're in it because we love the work that TJ does and it's inspirational to us. So yeah, I get a lot of support from other lunatics in that as well. So I was putting up silly pictures and people are going, when can I buy that?
2: And I go, really? And then I drew Gordo and Mark. And that was the first piece that I shared online. And that was the first piece that I shared on the phonetics group as well.
0: What was their response?
2: They liked it. I I guess, I don't remember very well, (laughs) but yeah, they were excited to see art of of them. The fandom wasn't as big, so any piece of art, I think people really appreciate it.
0: Do you guys, do you ever feel like you're in competition with other people who are drawing the same characters? No,
7: because I like sharing content and I like commenting on other people's stuff, but I'm also very perfectionist. And if I see somebody who draws much better than me. Even if it's a completely different style, I get super jealous and I have to be like, okay, chill, this person didn't do anything to you. (laughs) But yeah, most of the time it's very nice.
2: It's very nice to see all the different styles. I really like Leo's art because it's so different from mine. I don't think I could do, I probably could, if I tried, I could get close to what Leo does but it's their own style so they developed it that way and it's just very as a as another artist is i really like seeing that kind of different art style from from others
5: so the community i feel like it's very like very supportive especially online it's almost something where You know, if someone is just starting out, they feel very scared about posting art, like myself, actually included. Uh, But when I started posting art, people were like, just so supportive. They're like, hey, this is so awesome that you created this. You should keep doing it. And it's like, oh, okay. I'll keep doing it then. (laughs) But before that, I was always kind of like, oh, I I don't think this is good. No, this doesn't look right. Or, oh, like, and that's the thing. Artists tend to be very hard on themselves and they forget that, you know, you're only going to keep keep getting better if you keep doing it. And sometimes other artists will come in and be like, hey, you know, this I started out here and now I'm here. And so you just don't give up, just keep going.
4: And I have to say, (laughs) TJ Clude's fan base is very receptive to fan art. I'm not sure if that's because there are a few fan artists or if they just have a lot of love to give.
0: (laughs) I think it's probably a, a mix of the two. I think it's also that, I mean, TJ signal boosts anybody who does art of his characters. Like, he's pretty active in finding them. As long as somebody, like, tags him or does the hashtag, he'll like it and retweet it or share it in the group.
4: It was pretty thrilling the first time he retweeted something I drew. Yeah. I uh, immediately went to my girlfriend, like, oh my god, this author I really, really admire saw something I drew and, like, said something nice about it, and I lost my mind.
0: <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you knew TJ had seen something you made?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep, I remember.
0: What was that like?
3: Scary. <laughs> it was really scary because it was an author, like, that you admire and that it's seen your work. Also, I, rem- I remember... What he commented because it was really frustrating for me <laughs> like it was my first cart uh, timber drawing and i posted and i tagged him and he was like mm, telling me that they are not going to be happy and i was like please no
0: <laughs> don't do that he's such a dick <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. we love him though but yeah. it was like tj
0: <laughs> but like you know that's not true I mean I, I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But he always kind of wraps it up in the end and gives us something yeah. good.
3: Yeah, I know, I know.
0: But which, that's, that is funny that you? he was like, they look too happy. This <laughs> is a good.
3: i <laughs> like, I'm sharing this happy Carcimber piece with you, and you're like, oh, it's not going to last. Like, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: What a dick. Hashtag what a dick. So supportive. So, so supportive. Here's a better example of what artists can build together.
8: I think the art club is really interesting.
0: Yes, please tell me about that.
8: Yeah, what happened was that I started to do the bits of art that I'm doing, the lemurs particularly, and Mona and I really connected over that. I didn't really know Mona that well, but now she's like my sister. I love her she's just absolutely awesome and then she started doing CB and I don't know if you know that Lindell's got a a red bubble shop of amazing art that she does and Shannon makes her incredible dolls and Jane Skeever does this fantastic artwork too she does really beautiful mixed media pieces And Sue Eaton does these incredible boxes and she does amazing mixed media card making and she makes dragon eggs and she's just incredible. So when we went to, or when everybody else went to Lynn's for the get-together, some of us sent little packages of, of things to each other and there were little bits of art in there that we'd drawn and things like that. And Lynn does watercolours and beautiful art. She does incredible art, actually, Lynn Schmitz. And then we just kind of, Mona said, do you fancy having a, to a few of us, she said, you yeah, do you fancy having a, a Zoom as we're all at home? Should we do this? And then we each invited a couple of other people. So Nico, who's one of Shannon's best friends, is a fantastic artist as well. Louis, Louis's work is incredible. We finally convinced Angela to join us and it's wonderful. So we have three Zoom meetings a week and they're at different times. So there's one that the UK guys can't go to. There's one that the Australians don't make, but you know, it's fine. And even if there's only two or three of you on there, it doesn't matter. But most of the time, there's quite a lot of us on there. And we have this Zoom and we all just, do art and chat and show each other what we're doing and sometimes I'm just lying in bed and just watching and chatting and not doing any art at all and then every day there's 136 messages every time I turn my back in the in the discussion and we talk about everything and we share resources about art and we talk about art and we talk about other things and it's just lovely it's just so supportive and creative and everybody gives everybody else advice and Nothing you do is wrong and nobody puts anybody down. And, and Nico's little girl comes and does art with us. And Shannon's daughter came and said hello. And the husband's come in and say hi. And it's just lovely. It's really special to me.
0: It is so wonderful when online groups can be creative and supportive and productive. And, oh, excuse me. I, I put my phone down for a couple minutes and there's 136 messages in the podcast producer's chat. And this time it's about peacocks. What is with this group and birds? So while I deal with that, here are Angie and Susanna to discuss why fan art can go beyond putting pen to paper.
5: So I've only really done like fan videos. So what that entails is just putting a bunch of funny clips together and kind of having them be relevant to the book. So in this case, it would have been uh, Tales of Verania, and I did one for Song. And that was an experience. (laughs) I've been doing it for a while. I've actually done other things for other shows, but it was more for like anime and like series like that kind of thing, never a book. So this was a little bit more challenging because with anime, you usually have the animation to work with and you can do like a voiceover or you can add audio to the voices. But with book, you have to really like find a clip See if it works with what's going on in the book and
6: then try to make it funny. I think that fan art is is more than just drawing. And I think if other people sort of realize that what they do is fan art, then they would feel sort of more proud of what they do and they might share it more. Like you, So I did the cover challenge for House in the Cerulean Sea. So that started with I found my harmer beads, perler beads, fuse beads, whatever you call them where you are, and I wanted to make something and for some reason my brain said let's make the cover of Cerulean Sea and so I did that. It took a long time because I was, number one, I was working with colours, the only the colours that I had. So I had to make them work for the Cerulean Sea cover and also because I haven't actually used them for about, I don't know, 20 years. So it was a bit of like picking up something that should be easy, but you've actually made really hard. And then I just wanted to see what other people could do. And so, oh my gosh, some of the things that came out of that, like... There was watercolours, like paintings, the traditional sort of art that you would think of as fan art and they were all amazing. And then Shannon painted her face like the Wolf Song cover. That was amazing. And Emma made a cake of sort of the Cerulean Sea cover and that was phenomenal. And Angela made a sugar cookie and it was just like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So it was really fun to see different People make different things that was sort of maybe outside of their comfort zone or just challenge them to do something creative with the skills they already had, and I think that's really exciting because you you maybe think maybe you look at the amazing fan art that comes out of T J Klune, the drawings and the images and and that sort of thing, and you think I could never do that, but you can apply the skills that you already have to create something, and it's it's fan art.
0: Some of these artists are also available for commissions. We'll make sure you can find them on our website.
5: Also, Mariana, who's on Twitter, she's another artist who... I actually commissioned her to do my icon for Twitter. And I was just telling her, like, oh, I think it's really cool that you do commissions, and that's, like, really neat. And I felt kind of like, you know what? If she can do it, why can't I? And I felt kind of like, you know, I'll try.
0: So you did okay. the, the artwork for House in the Cerulean Sea... And then yes. that became a part of like tours marketing. Like, how did that come about?
2: They emailed me, you know, saying that, oh, we saw your art of TJ's books and we really liked it. And then we were wondering if you'd like to do some art for the book. And, and they explained a bit of, about what they wanted, what they were looking for. And I was just Completely on board. I wasn't going to say no. There was no way I was going to say no. But yeah, I, I so I talked to them and we we went back and forth. And then I signed a contract. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And they sent me the the arc for the House of Disreputancy, which was very cool. I was. It just felt more real. Like okay, this is happening. This is this. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but.
0: I totally the get whole, it. that that first whole, time you get a book that hasn't been published yet and they're like here it is don't give it to anybody it feels so cool.
2: And I had to keep it secret from my friends and I just felt very special. I don't know. It, it was very it was a very nice experience. Also working with them was very it was a very pleasant experience because they were very kind and they were very professional and they really liked my work like, what I sent them, so that felt very good.
0: There's also a small corner of the Cluniverse where fan fiction and fan art have intersected. Some of you may have seen glimpses of the Castelli pack. Leo and Ari tell me a little bit about this new pack. I want to talk about as much as you can, because I, th- I think you're involved in this whole Castelli pack thing. Yes. Because you've been drawing members mm-hmm. of the pack.
7: We are six people and we have a WhatsApp group chat and the thing started on Twitter in like January and my friends were uh, doing it and I was like what is this? Why is this happening? I feel left out. (laughs) So I just designed my own character and threw it at my friends and was like do you have space for this witch? You should have space for him and they were actually looking for somebody for another person in the group chat because she didn't have a mate for her character yet And the idea she had for the maid was, like, almost 100% what I had in mind for my character. That's awesome. By chance.
0: It's like it was meant to be.
7: Yes, exactly.
0: Tell me everything about your character and how they fit into the pack.
3: My character is Rio Castelli. They are the alpha of the Castelli pack.
0: Where would I go if I wanted to find out more about it? Do you guys just share it privately or is it posted somewhere?
3: We have it privately, but we are planning on sharing more with people because when we started posting about the OCs, we weren't expecting people to love them, um, to get that much attention, but now people like them and are like, we want to know more and we're like, we should (laughs) share with you because we have a, a lot of content.
0: I hope that we'll be hearing more about the Castelli Pack in the future. I'm very curious to learn more about their story. As I neared the end of my time talking to all these people who are creative in ways I never could be, I couldn't help but wonder. Do I do fan art? So
6: I, Well, you you narrate books. I think that's...
0: I did do the ones for free for the podcast, the short stories.
6: Yeah, you're making a whole podcast that's fan art.
0: Ah, there you go. And my medium.
6: Bless me, he was fan on.
0: I'll take it. These past two episodes, we've seen artists and writers alike find inspiration from TJ's words. But funny enough, Green Creek is especially popular. Not that I'm biased, not biased at all. As TJ said, creativity sparks more creativity. But it also builds friendships and community. And I think it's safe to say that the clunatics love it all. If you have a creative project inspired by TJ's work that you've been shy about sharing, I hope you now know how much your fellow clunatics want to celebrate your talents. The Clunatics podcast is produced by Susanna Frigo, Louis Garcia, Angela Noel Moan, Sita Rajasingham. Mia Skibaris, John Steiger, and me. This episode was written by a human person. Special thanks to our season sponsor, Chelsea Verzweyvelt. Make sure you're following the Clunetics Podcast on social media. Join our Facebook group and find us on Instagram and Twitter using at CluneticsPod. All episodes are now available on YouTube as well. If you want to support the podcast with a financial contribution, hit the donate button at CluneticsPodcast.com. Anything we collect from now until July 1st, 2020 will be donated to The Trevor Project. We were so incredibly lucky to have the costs of this podcast quickly covered by your generous support, but now we're asking for a different kind of support. As we consider whether to continue the podcast beyond this first batch of planned episodes, the most important metric we'll consider is whether people outside our little group are listening. Does it have appeal for casual or future fans of TJ Klune? And to that end, we have a favor to ask of you. Share this podcast with someone you know who isn't already a fan. Encourage them to listen to the episode that you enjoyed the most and help them figure out how podcasts work if they've never listened to one before. And then have a conversation about what they liked, what they didn't get, and whether they'll listen again. And then let us know how it went. Send us an email at clunaticspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Additional information about the podcast, including episode transcripts and the Kloon-Speak Don't Be a Dictionary, is available at Klooniticspodcast.com. You can find out more about me and my work at KurtReads.com. That's K-I-R-T-R-E-A-D-S.com. All music and sound effects heard in this episode are licensed by Storyblocks Audio.
8: i've got several different green creek pictures i'll send you some don't worry oh
0: i'd love that i love the clune fan art it's also good i mean the ones about green creek i don't really care about the other ones
8: (laughs) (laughs) that's understandable
0: (laughs) like what it doesn't have anything to do with me not interested thank you very much